It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. the PHLY Eagles podcast. Bo Wolf and Zach Berman back in Studio B, the comfortable confines of our location in Philadelphia. Good to see you, Zach. I missed you. Good to be back with Julia. We've got the long offseason ahead. It has finally started. The Super Bowl is over. It's now time to get going on building the roster. Yes, it's the non-playing season, oh, the as I like to call it. And it's, it's good to be here. Saw you on the screen yesterday with the Hassan Reddick news. Uh, but this is... Things come fast and furious right now, uh, to use that in the, that phrase. The combine is two weeks from now. The draft, a uh, free agency is is what three and a half weeks from now. The draft shortly thereafter. So things are starting to pick up in terms of Eagles news. We already saw a trickle out. Although the big news, I imagine, is yesterday's game right now. Well, we will talk about Hassan Reddick. We're going to talk about some of the recent edge rusher trades in the NFL over the past couple of years to maybe contextualize what. The Eagles might be looking for if such a deal were to come to fruition. We will uh, go over Goose wisely from the big Super Bowl. We got a lot to talk about from the Super Bowl and some other uh, nonsense at the end. But uh, you don't say. Let's start now. Uh, people probably very confused about the headline, as opposed on, to all the other days when it's uh, very straightforward. Yes, and self-explanatory. Uh, now, Steve Mixalot is what the uh, the caption is there for a picture of Javon Hargrave, and I don't think I have told this story on the podcast yet, but my favorite part of Media Night, what I thought was the funniest part of Media Night, was when we were talking to Javon Hargrave, and actually right before we were talking to Javon Hargrave, uh, a different reporter from the Philadelphia market uh, said to Javon, do you know, uh, you know about Steve Mix? There was a player called Steve Mix from the early 80s in basketball who you know, was on the Sixers and lost in the, in the NBA Finals to the Lakers, I think it was, and then he was on the Lakers and lost to the Sixers. So he lost in the Finals for two straight years to... Now, he was presenting it as the same team, which, which is not the case with Steve Mix, but he's like, do you... And he says to Javon, do you think you're going to be Steve Mix in a very convoluted way? And, and Javon's like... I, I hope not. Like, the game hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Like, I'd like to win the game, but, you know. But, but unfortunately for, for Javon Hargrave, he is, uh, he is Steve Mix. And so here we are. Yes. Now, not on, on his own doing. I thought Javon actually played a good game played last night. Played a very night. good game, yeah. But San Francisco loses in a similar fashion to the way the Eagles lost last year in that Patrick Mahomes got the ball last or he didn't get the ball last a year ago. I mean, Jalen did have a few more seconds, but the inevitability of Patrick Mahomes caught up to San Francisco. There were certainly things they did along the way that contribute to it, but I think last night was probably how, uh, you know, Charles Barkley must have felt playing in the 90s when, when Michael Jordan was playing, is that Patrick Mahomes, that, that Chief seems not the most talented team in the league. Uh, if there was any year when they would appear vulnerable, it would be this one. But Patrick Mahomes elevates everything else, and Andy Reid too, and the you know the, the whole team. But that was the best player in the league playing like the best player in the league in the biggest moments. I mean, it will not surprise you that I that I have sort of a contrarian take here. Yeah, but 
I, first of all, I do think it was different for the Niners than the Eagles. Like the Niners had the had the ball with a chance to win a couple times and did not do it, whereas the Eagles didn't get that chance at the end of the game. I just like the the inevitability of Mahomes. I mean, I have been saying it, we, we've been talking all along. He's the best player of all time. I thought they were going to win the game uh, because of that. But like the the zero sum nature of a game like that, where like all of the narratives get written based on who the winner is. When there were so many sure. little things that could have gone differently, like, you know, if if Spags doesn't send the perfect blitz on yep. third and four uh, and Trent McDuffie gets home, then the Niners probably win that game in a walk-off field goal. Like this conversation that is Brock, is Brock pretty good enough to win a Super Bowl? Like, yes, he basically he basically did. Like, well, no, I, I'm going to push back. I mean, he, they basically won the game. They basically won the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm not, saying, basically I'm not the saying they get a ring. They don't deserve yeah. to call themselves Super Bowl champions. They're going to be whining about it for a long time moving yeah. forward. But like to get to that level, like it was you're like a point zero 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 one percent away from having won the Super Bowl. Like if the ball bounces a little bit differently on a couple of those fumbles or if like a, a, a million different things happen. I'm not, and I, I, believe me, I'm going to get on Kyle yeah. Shanahan. There are, there are a lot of things to discuss, but like, you know, if the Chiefs defense wasn't one of the, like had the, one of the best playoff performances we've ever seen over the last four games, then Patrick Mahomes doesn't get to revel in being, oh my God, it's Patrick Mahomes. Everything he does touches, t- everything he touches turns to gold. Like there are a lot of different factors here. That's well, all. Of course, there are always there are always different factors. Uh, now, I I don't think the Niners uh, basically won the game because you you have to win the game to win the game. Uh, I I also don't, I don't subscribe to that thing like Brock Purdy can't win it. That that I mean to me that's that's like hot takery. But where I would push back is that Brock Purdy had two third downs that he needs to convert to win the Super Bowl, and he doesn't convert those to win the Super Bowl. Now. The defense deserves credit there, and Spags did something last night that Jonathan Gannon didn't do last year, right? Or or, or didn't do it as effectively uh, uh, last year. But what is what I will say about Brock Purdy and the Niners is that, like you said, if they, if they convert that third down at the end of the fourth quarter, the Chiefs don't get the ball back. If they convert that third down. Uh, in the you know in the red zone before they kick the field goal, then the Chiefs need to convert well, a two it's point come down to two yeah, point conversion. The yeah. Chiefs need to convert a two point conversion. So point being there that they 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 settled for lack of a better term for two field goals when they could have converted two third downs there. So all of this goes into play, and I agree it's simplistic to say Patrick Mahomes uh, the inevitability of, of of Patrick Mahomes, but I frame it that way because. To me, San Francisco was the better team, uh, the, the better overall team. Last year, I thought the Eagles were the better overall team. But I thought in both of those situations, Patrick Mahomes made critical plays in critical moments. Patrick Mahomes had a, that, you know, we all talk about the Bradbury holding, and that was a, a tough call. I get it. But Mahomes had that third down scramble. You know, to to extend it there, that was just a critical play, and you saw that last night. Um, Mahomes just made critical plays after critical plays and critical moments, and there were things Mahomes could have done better. And look, Kansas City settled for a field goal at the end of regulation, right? But it, there's a reason why he's in the winner's circle every year, it seems, because he's the best player in the league. And I use that Jordan comparison because there are so many players during the '90s who. You know Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, like they could have won titles. Right, but that is but where Jordan I think it's was different. In their way. I mean, basketball, there are five, there are ten guys sure. on the field. One player matters more. Like we have um, um, like so many years of history to to have that proven out. It's just a little bit different. He, you know, I agree that he is the best player at yeah. the most important position in the most popular sport. All that good stuff. I also think that the Niners are a little bit overrated. Um, like DVOA has them as like the second best team that's ever lost the Super Bowl, right? Because their their regular season was so great. But like over the course of the playoffs, they were not that impressive. Sure, like, they were vulnerable. They yeah. were yeah, they they very easily could have and arguably should have lost each of their two prior games in the playoffs. And so um just like this was a flawed Patrick Mahomes team that won the Super Bowl, they also had a chance to play a team that I don't think was was like the best representative of a Super Bowl caliber team given the way that they played over the past month well the past month I, I I would agree I thought the Lions outplayed them but the Niners won I thought the Packers outplayed them but the Niners won 
But that's that's kind of the Chiefs' script, right? Is is that they're going to make one more play than you? Uh, and that's what I saw. And Andy Reid, uh, I would imagine, and the chat can weigh in here, that some of the lingering thoughts about Philly uh, should should be dissipated by now, right? It's it's been long enough. It's been since 2012. He's known now more as the Chiefs' coach than the Eagles' coach. I mean that's abundantly clear, and I think he's he's one of the great coach. It's clear too. He's one of the great coaches in NFL history, and they, as long as he has Mahomes, they're not going to slow down. So they're going to be right back in the thick of it next year too. And so if you are saying like the inevitability of of Mahomes, and mm-hmm. uh, you feel like Barkley, does that recontextualize how you feel about the Eagles' loss last year? Uh, good question. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's look, it's similar it's similar to what I said last year. And I remember doing the post game show with you. I was in the hotel and I said like the Eagles played a great game tonight, but the best player in the league won. And that that to me was the difference in 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 that game. And I think that they that that the Eagles made some mistakes defensively last year that it look, it's it's clear Spags is Spax is one of the great coordinators in NFL history. I mean, when you look at what he did at the Giants, we look at what he's done in the Chiefs. First coordinator to ever win four Super Bowls. Yeah, but um, but all, so there are things that that the Chiefs defense did that the Eagles defense could have done last year. But the Eagles offense played an extraordinary game last year. Uh, the the Eagles defense last year in the first half. Shouldn't you be comparing the Eagles defense to the Niners defense though? Yeah, no, I'm saying that that there are things that Spags could have done. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. There's things that that Gannon could have done to win that game. But ultimately, I think the reason why the the where it all kind of comes together with with the Eagles is that Patrick Mahomes was in their way. And I don't know if there's a different quarterback in the league who wins that game against the Eagles last year other than Patrick Mahomes, given the way the Eagles played. And I thought last night, uh, I thought the Niners were the more talented team throughout the course of the game. Uh, I just thought that Patrick Mahomes, when, when it was money time, right? When, 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 that's the expression. When it, was, when it was money time, Patrick Mahomes made the plays. And I thought that's what happened last year too. So yeah, when I look back at the Super Bowl last year, there were five plays throughout the course of the game, 10 plays throughout the course of the game that if, for, the, for just like you said, if, it, if, if it's a different bounce here, if it just goes a little different, then the Eagles win their second Lombardi. But ultimately, Patrick Mahomes had a chance to win that game. And last night was was similar to me, and I think that when Patrick Mahomes is in your way, uh, I'm going to take him just about every time. I think the thing it does for me is, and it's I feel like we appreciated this at the time, but like the, the level that Jalen Hurts played in that game, mm-hmm. you know, it was the best game he's ever played. And we talked about it, how th- even though the offenses were going sort of blow for blow in terms of the points they were scoring possession by possession, everything looked so much more difficult for the Eagles. Sure. Like the, the, the windows that Jalen Hurts was throwing into were much smaller. Like Patrick Mahomes had guys running wide open, right? Um, and in the context of Spags having had two weeks to shut down that Niners offense, it, I think it makes the Eagles' performance offensively in that game even a little bit more impressive. Oh, that's true too, and I think that Chiefs team last year is better than the Chiefs team this year. The, the season well, has their defense is better this their, year, their, though. Their defense, their is, offense is better sure. last year, but yeah. But it's it's not lost on me that the three Super Bowls Patrick Mahomes has won, he's come back from a double digit deficit in each game, right? Because like no lead is safe with him, and it's similar to how how Brady was. He just manages possessions so well. He 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 makes things work. I mean. I th- I think to that like like the fourth down run that he had uh, a fourth and inches run and you say all right it's 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 a short play that's that's a money play in, in that situation great play call it's actually one you see the Eagles do where they run Goddard across the middle and then you can either throw quickly to Goddard or Hertz can can keep it um, the the pass to to Kelsey in 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 regulation. Um, I mean, even just how, how well executed that final touchdown was like, he just, he just makes it, it's, I, I run out of adjectives to, to describe him because he is the best player in the league. Yeah. There was a, it's, there was a, a prop bet on like the most consecutive completions he would have in the game. And it was a seven and a half and he had like a six and a seven. 
and then in overtime he goes eight for eight mm. on that final drive yeah. and go like you know he does he does rise to the occasion but in overtime yeah, I what it. did you make Zach of uh, the decision from Kyle Shanahan to accept the ball yeah so I texted you and Shio in real time saying that, that he screwed this up um, and for full disclosure I, I I I need to fess up to something I knew. Uh, I knew the, the overtime rules in in the playoffs. What I didn't know was the clock. The, 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 at the end of over no, yeah, I didn't know at the end of overtime. I thought it, it reset into a to a like a fresh overtime. So I was kind of wondering why they were taking their time there. Why do you need to fess up to that? As if you were you should be held accountable for that. Well, no, I need to fess up to it because I, I don't want to speak as if like everybody knew all the rules for overtime. Okay, but and it's I, not your job. I You're saw, not the head coach of a football team. Yeah. So I so I, I I don't buy the argument that that Shanahan didn't know. Now some of the players didn't know, but it's not necessarily the players' response. It's, it's Shanahan. Well, I want to get into that. So, but it's, it's, so to answer the question succinctly, uh, yeah, I I would have gone on defense first similar to what you do in the college overtime. I heard Shanahan's explanation after the game, which was they wanted the ball third, meaning that if both teams scored the same amount, then, then it's, uh, then it's, oh, sudden, then it's death. sudden death and you have the chance to win. Yeah. yeah. The problem there, as Kansas City said, is that they would have gone for two point conversion. So then you're talking field goal. Field goal basically gives you the ball third or punt, punt or, 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 or punt, punt. I think a better explanation would be that Kansas City just drove downfield. Your defense is gassed. You want to give them a chance to breathe. But in I, I would always want to know, all right, what are the terms I, I need to go by here? Do I need a, f- a field goal? Do I need a touchdown? Do I have a touchdown two-point conversion? That's why I, I like going on defense in the college overtime. And so I would have I would have gone on defense first. That said, this is the f- literally the first time we've seen this happen, right? Yes. So we don't. So it's it's not as if there's there's precedent to suggest you should do X, you should do Y. And we should say the eagle, like the Eagles, were a big part of getting this yes. rule passed. Good John point. Ferrari was was very instrumental in that. And they say that the models are like very close to 50-50 whether mm-hmm. you would want the ball or not. What would you have done? I would want the ball second, okay. um, and I understand that there are reasons to want it first because, like you said, then if it if it goes to a third possession, you have, um, you have the chance to win the game in sudden death. The problem is that 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 presumes that the other team would not go for two. Mm. If you if it's touchdown touchdown. Now if it, if they go for two, you still have a chance to win, and maybe it, it comes down to whether you uh, prefer. Your offense going for a two-point conversion or your defense stopping a two-point conversion, which you have more faith in. But yes, I mean, given that it's literal Patrick Mahomes in the game, you're probably expecting them to be able to drive down the field and score a touchdown. I would want to know. Because the thing about getting the ball second is you have the huge advantage of if they have scored, you get four downs to work with instead of only three downs to work with on the first possession. Speaking of three downs or four downs, would you have gone for it on the fourth down if you were Shanahan? The fourth and four from the nine yes. in overtime. Yeah, that's a tough one. They, and they didn't even talk about it. Yes. Because I think that is a, a tough call. Because if you don't get it, you're still giving them the ball on the nine-yard mm-hmm. line. They've got a long way to go. And I would say, I will say I was surprised for the very first time for Shanahan when he went for that fourth and three yeah. in the fourth quarter. Uh, I thought for sure he was going to kick that field goal. It was good play design. Um I think I probably would take the field goal. Really? But I, okay. But because I, now you know you have all the and I I I get it right. They they put them in fourth down. They put them in third and long. Right. There were chances for San Francisco to win that game with three points. I still would have tried to come away with a touchdown there. And even if you miss it there, you say, all right. Well, first off, Kansas City's might be dealing with their their fourth downs differently. Right for the reason you you mentioned, if if you score, they have to go for fourth downs. If it's if it's still tied, they might punt the ball away at at that point. Like like that fourth down, the fourth and one, they were backed up on. Maybe they don't go for it there because if you miss it, then San Francisco is basically in field goal range to win the game. Maybe you punt it away and say we're trusting our defense to do it. Uh, yeah. So I, if 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 I was Shanahan, I know it's easy to say this after the fact. I would have gone for fourth and four at the, at the eight to try to win the game. Or not to try to win the game, to try to uh, get that touchdown and force. The problem is, even if you get it, they can still go. They can still go for two and go for two and win the game. That's true. Shanahan did say. Oh, I'm I'm sorry, not Shanahan. Uh, Romo said, you know, this is for the Super Bowl. The pass the Jennings, right? It it was almost as if Romo wasn't sure 
what the rule was in that case, or did I read too much into that? On on that third down play, when, when they let Chris Jones come through, yeah, and then he mm. and then uh, Jennings kind of slid back, right. you know, and uh, it's overthrown. Yeah, I mean, I think Romo didn't cover himself in glory throughout that game. <laughs> yeah, Romo was like was like it's Jennings for the Super Bowl there, and it's actually not because right. Kansas City was getting the ball back. Uh, but he's talking all over the game winning touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering that too. <laughs> it was, it was so anticlimactic there that, yeah. uh, uh, you know, it, it seemed like Nan, uh, Nance had that jackpot line ready to go. Right. Uh, but still, yeah, Romo was, was going through all the clock situations yeah. at the snap. Yeah. Uh, I, I do wonder, and I, I, I haven't seen this written anywhere, but do you think San Francisco was like ready for, the clock to expire there because it was down to like two seconds when he snapped right. it. That could have been possible. That could have been part of the, uh, the, the motion working. Sure. So here's my, here's my, uh, thing on what came out in the locker room okay. afterwards. I think it was Lindsay Jones of the ringer. And I, I think it was some other places too, but basically the chiefs all along, they had talked through it over yep. the past couple of weeks with Andy Reed. He was, he was, you know, telling them that if this game goes to overtime, we're going to want the ball second because we're going to want to have the choice to go for two. They all knew that, like mm-hmm. they were in, involved in that process, whereas the Niners players were saying basically they didn't know that the rules were different sure. in overtime. They had never talked about it. And I think that that reveals, like, a very stark difference in the coaching philosophies hmm. of Andy Reid so? and Kyle Shanahan. I think that Andy Reid is all about enabling the players okay right he and you can say players coach but i think that that is his philosophy and it's like travis kelsey is allowed to freelance on routes right patrick mahomes can do what patrick mahomes doesn't you know patrick mahomes is the greatest of all time he can and i know that you can have that argument too but he would be great anywhere yeah. but you know with andy reed is always sometimes to his detriment willing to bring in guys who have like nasty off the field histories right um, I think he is all about, and you can unpack like the pathology of that uh, for him and like his experience in life. But to him, it is all about like getting the players to be the best versions of themselves and giving them the information and stuff like that. Whereas with Kyle Shanahan, and maybe this is simplistic, but it is all about. I am the one playing chess and I want the best chess pieces and they are going to do what I want them to do. They're going to run my offense. They're going to run my scheme. And like, they don't need to know everything that's going on. They just need to know what their job is and to do their job. And, you know, this game could have gone either way, but I think that that is an, an, uh, an instructive way of their two philosophies. And like from an Eagles perspective, I think that, that Nick Sirianni is much more of the Andy Reid sure. lean but maybe gets in trouble sometimes when, like, for instance, the offensive scheming is trying to be a little bit more of the second thing. Um, and I think, like, from a Kyle Shanahan perspective, it's – I think that is I think that is a real flaw of his, um, and that's all. I don't disagree with the characterization of the coaches, right? I, I do think that is an accurate assessment in that Andy is is very much – like all about the players, all about the players, right? It's Where, even like Travis Kelsey going nuts on sure. him on the sideline. Like, could you imagine someone doing that to Kyle Shanahan? Well, but but he and, I and don't it's know like Kyle Shanahan will bench a guy for fumbling, right? Like, yeah. it's all about like uh, you you cannot be afforded to make a mistake on my yeah. team. Whereas Andy Reid, like his best players, yelling in his face and he's unmoved, and it's like, yeah, I understand. He wants he wants to be on the field. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, now look. <laughs> that was kind of wild. Of yeah, if, to if, do, but. if that was um, Noah Gray who did that, I don't think Noah Gray would have. You know, Travis Kelsey's Travis Kelsey's one of their best players, sure. right? Andy, it's it's like uh, there's an old uh, Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells, Lawrence Taylor story where Lawrence Taylor was like ten minutes late to the meeting, and uh, but you know, you know, I'm Bill Belichick. I had started the meeting. Lawrence Taylor comes in late. And then, and then, um, you know, Belichick tells Parcells afterwards, I just think you should know Lawrence Deller was 10 minutes late for the meeting. And Parcells says, so why'd you start the meeting? <laughs> you know? And it's, it's Good. like, because, you know, if that's, that's Travis Kelsey doing it. It, it, yeah. it, it might be different. So, but, it, but as I was saying, like, I agree in those characterizations that it, it very much is with Shanahan, like, uh, whether it's you or Shield who says it, that, 
they're almost like players in the video game. And he's, but I don't know if the overtime is representative of that. I got to imagine Shanahan and his staff thought it through. Sometimes you can say, like, is this productive information to, like, does the team need to know? But that's what I mean. Like, he didn't think that it was a productive thing for the players to know what the rules of the game are. Or, no, I'm saying maybe they knew the rules, but they didn't know the strategy, you know, that, that he didn't. Clue them in they on, on, on the strategy in the involved. locker room. They didn't know that the rules were different. No, it's it's not. It's it's like Donovan McNabb, who played for Andy Reid, didn't know they were they were tied. Sure, right? Um, there were two. Uh, I'm, I'm not taking away from from what was, it was a good story. All, I, I read Lindsay's. I, I read a few others. I don't think it was like 53 players saying they didn't know what what the rules were. Uh, but I, I, but I do think that's indicative of his yeah. philosophy. But I I also think that. Where I give Andy Reid credit, like they're saying throughout the week, if this had, or they said even back in training camp, right? Right. That if this happens, we want the ball second, so we go for, so we have the option of of going for two, and then you put in your two point conversion plays, and and it is productive, I think, for the players to know all along. All right, even if they score, we have a chance to go win this game with the two point conversion, right? You're leaving nothing up for the coach's whim, the coach's, you know, this is, this is what the plan is. And I, I, I think it's more productive when you have it that way. Uh, do you think that you look at Nick Sirianni's reaction after the Chiefs game any differently, knowing that they went on to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, I kind of thought it was, it was a little much then. Like, I, 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 I love Nick's emotion in that I do think Nick shouldn't try to be someone that he's not. But I also don't believe in... in like parading on the Chiefs after a game in November, uh, th- th- the Chiefs are are about what you do in January and February. We 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 know that. So yeah, to me that's that's like the 49ers acting like they won the Super Bowl when they beat the Eagles this 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 December. Come on, you win the Super Bowl in February, not in November. So I, I I would say the same thing. Like I I would not poke Goliath, and to me that's what the Chiefs are. You you heard Patrick Mahomes say on the podium last night were never underdogs, right? I, I didn't like when Nick Sirianni did it then. I like Nick Sirianni's emotion, but I don't think you need to you need to come off the field against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid acting as if you just won the Super Bowl because, in essence, that proved to be the Eagles' Super Bowl. Mm, there you uh, go. But, uh, well, we'll get into okay, yeah. uh, sort of the Eagles-Niners of it in a okay. minute, but let's talk first about some of our friends, our sponsors, Factor who was so integral in letting us be boots on the ground in Vegas over the course of Super Bowl week, all that great content we were able to provide you. Well, Factor can provide you with meals for your life to make things easier. We're talking two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They've got snacks, smoothies, and more. You can discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily, and it's flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there is no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash eagles50 and use code eagles50 to get 50% 50 off. That's code eagles50 at factormeals.com slash eagles50 to get 50% off. Spent some time yesterday morning going through a credit card statement and see this pesky subscription that I can't cancel online. You got to call, but you got to call during business hours, and then you're on hold, and it's like, come on. I mean, why do they make it so difficult to cancel? Well, so I, I said, you know what I need to do? I need to get in touch with Rocket Money on this because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower bills. I can see all my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service, which is the point of all this, right? They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a 
picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. That's rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. Rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. So, Zach, uh, I think minutes after the game was over, Fletcher Cox on Instagram mm-hmm. uh, posting something about Debo Samuel, keep our name out your mouth, yeah. uh, EAD, which is, uh, I believe, short for EAD. Uh, what did you? What, what do you make of the the Eagles Niners <laughs> continuing rivalry? As like Diamador Lenoir is is talking about shutting down the Eagles hours after the game. Is, is, is like, that right? Is yeah, that what he said? Yeah. Yeah. First off, I mean, rivalries are fun, right? From a from a reporter perspective, from a fan perspective, I like juice in any. First big time Dre Greenlaw and Dom DeSanjo are in the same building again since their altercation, it, and Dom, uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. know what kind of magic he's able to pull. Yeah, but, Juju yeah. on the turf. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, look now, the opposite, or, or, or not the opposite. Uh, Unlike Nick Sirianni kind of stopping on the Chiefs in, the, in, in, in November, if you're going to talk, talk when the season's over, right? Fletcher Cox mm. had that waiting in yeah, his holster. Yeah, I kind of respect it. He was just, <laughs> he was just like <laughs> angrily holding on to yeah, that Yeah, he one. was yeah. holding on to it. It's like, yeah. because you don't want to say it. You don't want to say it like during Super Bowl it's week. It's very funny. And like, then the Niners game, that win. that really was a coin flip. Yeah, and then the Niners win, and then, you're, and then you have egg on your face, right? Yeah. So, look, Fletcher, our uh, co-worker Fletcher, if, if, if you're going to do it, do it when you know that all right they did not win and you you have reason to talk there uh i mean debo's an incredible player the niners whooped the eagles this year there's no question about it the eagles were never the same after that but it's accurate fletcher has a ring and debo does Mm. not um and you know rings are always trump cards in these situations so uh look while he can talk he might as well talk but um yeah, it's it's amusing. It's comical. I I I like. I just think it's in, I, I I think it's kind of interesting that Fletcher has been holding on to this yes. specifically with Debo for so long. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean this. I think there's there's no bad blood between or there's there's no. Uh, yeah, there is bad blood. There, there's no love lost is the term I was going for mm. between the Eagles and and the Niners. And something I heard talking to Hargrave last week, like. Yeah, I mean they're they're pulling for me, but not for us, right? Uh, because I, I definitely think that the yeah, the Eagles are not are, are 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 not very are not very big fans of the Niners. The other thing you wanted to talk about from a, a Super Bowl perspective, Zach, is the uh, like the roster building yeah. lessons of the Chiefs defense. Yeah. So, look, if if you're saying the Eagles need to fix this defense, which which we all agree with, and you say how do they do it, right? I give a lot of credit to Brett Veach and Steve Spagnuolo and Andy Reid, but. If you look at the way this defense has turned around uh, in the past three seasons here, it's really been through the draft. I, I mean, their last two drafts, they've nailed picks. Their whole linebacker court came through this draft here. Uh, Leo Chanel, right, made play after play last night. Uh, you saw Nick Bolton, key player there, key draft pick for them. Uh, they have perhaps the best cornerback combination in the NFL, both draft picks. Trent McDuffie, we, we keep talking about Kyle Hamilton. I'll With give you a, a couple on Trent McDuffie. I, I thought hey, I was I, the the arms were too yeah. short. I thought the Eagles were not going to be interested. Yeah, He's so very I, good. I I had heard the Eagles were interested in him with that AJ Brown pick, right? But very well, like if if they don't take Jordan Davis there, we keep saying they could have taken Kyle Hamilton. You could have taken Trent McDuffie. We know there was interest there, right? So uh, and, and and then they hit on Snead late in the draft, and they had Chris Jones. Chris Jones is a blue chip player. Yeah, that's yeah. a major factor. Yeah, they signed Justin Reed. That was a good signing. That was a guy we talked about in the and free Mike agent Edwards. market. Yeah, and Mike Edwards. Both guys but, the Eagles could have signed. But they've made some just quality picks on all three levels, and they've rebuilt a defense that was a problem for them a few years ago. Now, this is where I would go the other way and say, this is where Mahomes comes in. Like, okay. you have the flexibility to to take your time doing sure. things like that when you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the ball. But yeah, I think, I think it's fair to say now it's, it's probably an outlier result in like hitting on so many of those picks, but certainly uh, it's, it's impressive as, as we try to figure out how the Eagles can, can move forward. Yeah. You look at it like they traded Tyreek Hill. Okay. And they get uh, Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis in the, in the first round uh, two key players for them. 
and then just just looking at their draft history, the amount of picks that they hit on, uh, especially in that 2022 draft, it's really it's it's a it's a credit to Brett Veach. How and happy do you think Ryan Kerrigan was watching George Kalaftis recover <laughs> that fumble? Uh, uh, probably very happy as Purdue guys, but. And, and this probably transitions into another discussion here, but if the Eagles are going to trade Hassan Reddick, but even if they don't, they have a first-round pick, they have two seconds, uh, they're going to have all these comp picks. The Eagles are going to have opportunities to add quality, cost-controlled players on their defense in April. But they need to hit on the evaluation and then the, and then the, the development Right, like the linebackers in this game, uh, both the Niners and the Chiefs have, have have good linebackers, but they hit on picks that the Eagles used on Davion Taylor, that the Eagles used on Nicobe Dean. Like, look at w- where Fred Warner was picked. Look where Leo Chanel was picked. Look at, I mean, uh, I even Nick Bolton was a second round pick. Right, like like the um, these are not guys. This is not Patrick Willis taken in the top half of the draft. This is typically you identify players, you coach them up, and they're key players for you. Yeah, I, I, I kind of uh, dislike when Fred Warner is brought up in this capacity, okay. like because he's the best linebacker sure. in football, uh, like he's a third round pick, and and honestly, like the the track record of first and second round linebackers over the past five ten years is really terrible. Mm-hmm. Like those guys do not usually sure. work out very well. Um, I don't di- like. I think the Eagles' general philosophy of how they go about filling the linebacker position is not bad. I, I would agree. like to see them take more late round shots or even s- spend a little bit more money in undrafted free agency to bring guys in there. But the thing about linebackers is, uh, I was talking about this over the weekend, like there's like 10 linebackers in the league who matter, right? Like there aren't, there just aren't that ma- It's such a difficult position in the NFL today. There aren't that many guys who are like really good linebackers. And so it's not crazy to not have one of those guys. Now, Bolton and Chanel had, had very good games, and they're, they're also part of a nice hole mm-hmm. um, that, that allows them to you know, play a little bit faster. But I, like the, the comparison to Warner and Greenlaw specifically is, is, has always just felt a little bit unfair to me because those are unrealistic expectations for the use of those resources. I would agree with that, like, especially Warner. But when you look at the Eagles linebackers over recent years, and I agree I with you. I just want more volume. Yeah, but, but when you're taking guys in the, in the third round, you have to have a better hit rate, right? Uh, now, we, we, we need to see what happens with N'Kobe Dean. But that Davion Taylor pick uh, stands out. And that's sure, guy, but also, like, we, we have to stop guys. talking about Davion Taylor like an early third-round pick. It was, like, the last pick of the com- compensatory. It was, like, okay. it was like you know, 103 yeah. overall or something like that. I, I, I'm, I'm just pointing to, like, the, the, the way the Chiefs have rebuilt this defense and have done it mainly through the draft. And as I said, it helps when Chris Jones is a foundation piece. But the Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis are, are, are just really good picks there. You know, Sneed and, you know, Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams. Uh, you can keep looking at, at, at this here. They've, these picks compound, and it allows you to, to spend money on the offensive and defensive lines. Like, there's a reason why the Chiefs can, can sign Jawan Taylor, and there's a reason why the Chiefs can sign Joe Tooney. Uh, because when you have starters on rookie deals, it's, it's going to help you across the board. Well, you tease this. Let's use this as a way to transition into Hassan Reddick because if the Eagles are going to have to rebuild that position uh, with draft picks, we need to know what, what is possible for them to do. So you did a good job for a story on allphly.com looking into sort of the recent history of edge rusher trades, if we want to pull that up, Julia. But uh, this year, you've got Montez Sweat. Now, now some of these are in season. Some yep. of these are out of season. There's a bit of a difference. And obviously, you'll talk about the, the age differences here. But Montez Sweat gets a, a second-round pick midseason. Chase Young got, what, a third? Third, yep. Okay. Uh, last year, you had Bradley, Tru- Brett, blah, 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 Bradley Chubb, who goes for a fifth and a first and a fourth mm-hmm. uh, from Denver to Miami. Robert Quinn for the Eagles, obviously, gave up a fourth-round pick. That one worked out very well. Uh, Khalil Mack going from Chicago to the Chargers for a second and a future sixth. Uh, Von Miller, you go back a second and a third. Yannick Ngakwe, a third and a fifth. Uh, earlier that season, Yannick Ngakwe for a second and a fifth, a little bit younger. And then you go back uh, to 2019, Jadavion Clowney for a third. 
Frank and two Clark players. and two players. Frank Clark for a third and a first. Uh, no, Frank and Clark a, and a third. Oh, Frank Clark and a third for a first, second, and third. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second was a future one, and then Robert Quinn at that point just for a sixth-round pick. Yeah, so I agree with, with what you said, that you have to kind of look at the in-season and the off-season trades a little bit differently because the context is is different. A player like Von Miller, uh, who's a pending free agent, but is going to a team on the verge of winning the Super Bowl, there's a little bit of, of let's push the chips in, into the table, right. F the picks here, right? Um, and then uh, something like even the Montez Sweat trade this year, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get ahead of free agency. You're trying to get a guy who, uh, who you, you're giving up your second round pick, so you don't have to compete with other teams on 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 the open market essentially. Uh, but the deal that jumps out to me is Khalil Mack, because Khalil Mack was a better overall player in his career than Reddick, but was two years older then, right, or a year and a half older. And wasn't coming off the same string of successful seasons that Reddick has had. Off-season trade too. Off-season trade too, uh, contract-related, and gets us, you know, gets a second-round pick in there. And what jumps out to me with all of these trades, or uh, there's a lot of second-round picks. So that's probably the the value that you're looking at. You probably want a second plus, but now the Eagles would, would ask for a first, I imagine, right? When you look at you know, the Bradley Chubb trade and, and the Frank Clark trade. Uh, but I wonder if, if the, the ask would be something like a third this year and a second that can turn into a one next year. Interesting. Oh, okay. So, so they can keep this string along of having like multiple picks in the first and second yeah. round. Maybe so, maybe so. But if you're looking at kind of replenishing the roster for next year, then having that, having another second round pick, having three second round picks, I imagine would be of interest. To, it would would be of, of 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 priority to them. So I I think that a deal for for Reddick would probably require at least a second round pick and and more from the Eagles. And this is going to be a, a, about compensation. And the other thing to consider. So we talked about Montez Sweat, right? Montez Sweat signs a deal for twenty four and a half million a year. Okay, uh, there are eleven edge rushers now making over twenty million. Hassan Reddick makes $15 million. We know the Eagles got Hassan Reddick on a, on a below-market deal. We know any trade is going to require a team to pay Hassan Reddick. Like, the reason why this is on the table is he, is he wants a new deal. So you're probably thinking in that $25 million range for a Reddick. Now, if Reddick can't get the number that he's looking for, maybe there's a number that's a, in that 20 to 25 range that the Eagles might say, all right, you know, how about this? We'll pay you this instead of getting the draft picks. Uh, but I think this is going to be about compensation and, and, and cap consideration. My guess, though, is, is he's moved and the Eagles got a second. You, you uh, would put your turkeys on that he is moved at this point? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the Eagles are going to pay him in sweat. And I can see from an age perspective the Eagles keeping sweat. I think that they – this was interesting. Shield brought up on the show last week that he thinks the Eagles can get more for Sweat. You yeah. were kind of surprised by that. I disagree I mean, with that. I think Reddick's a better player. And so I think you can get a real, I think you can get real good compensation for uh, Reddick. And if you, if you can get a second and a third, like a second this year and a third next year maybe, that, that would be in, enticing. But you have to have a really strong plan because he is he's a special player. And... The early book, at least, and sometimes this stuff is wrong, but it, it does not look like a great draft class mm-hmm. of edge rushers, certainly not uh, super yeah. deep. The flip side to that is there, there, it is actually a very good class of free agent edge players. Yes. Now, not all of those guys are going to get to free agency, and you're going to have lots of competition there, but I, I think there is a way that the Eagles could backfill if they need to. Um, the Josh Sweat of it all, like I, I'm just, and maybe it's recency bias, but he was so invisible in the yeah. second half of the season while playing all of those snaps that like I'm a little bit worried that we have seen the best of Josh Sweat already. Well look, I I'm not going to push back on that. And Sweat did not finish the season well, and Reddick's track record is 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 better than Sweat's. I think Reddick's a better player than Sweat. The Eagles tend to favor for lack of a better term guys they drafted, homegrown players. And well, and certainly on paper, you would want the guy who's three, who's, three and a half years younger. But if, if you're saying like, you know, this is someone who now 
I don't want to keep bringing up the injury history with Sweat because he's been really durable in the NFL. But uh, but if you're saying how much, how many more seasons does he have on him, and you talk about scheme with with Reddick, which I don't buy totally because I think you have to design a scheme to maximize your best players. But it's not as if Sweat's good dropping in coverage, right? So uh, now Shield might be wrong, and you might be right that that Reddick commands more. So if if you're gonna get if you're gonna trade the older player and get better draft picks back, then it would behoove you to do it. Uh, the big variable here, and we'll have a lot of time this offseason to discuss this, is their honest assessment of Nolan Smith. Because Nolan Smith was compared to Hassan Reddick coming out. Nolan Smith's not Hassan Reddick. And you could say, look, it took Hassan Reddick four years to become Hassan Reddick. He, he, he wasn't used the right way, but sometimes pass rushers, you know, it might take them time to develop. But this was always the question we had about Nolan Smith was he didn't have prolific pass brush production in college, right? So what makes you think he's going to be this type of sack producer in the NFL? And we certainly didn't see it this year. That's a roundabout way of saying if you trade Hassan Reddick, then you need to have a really good plan for what you're doing as an edge rusher. And maybe that's signing Bryce Huff or Josh Uchi or uh, Andrew Van Ginkle. Uh, Maybe that is trading up in the draft for Dallas Turner, which would be really – enticing for me if you have three second round picks and dallas turner f- drops to like that 10 to 12 range you could be a- aggressive maybe you're real high on chop robinson or chris braswell or someone like that in the draft but man i mean hassan reddick is so talented like he's elite at getting to the quarterback that is a that is uh one of the hardest skills to find or it's, it's one of the most valuable skills to find I would have a hard time moving on from him unless you had a strong plan to replace him. There's a re- like I would say this: if someone's willing to pay him twenty five million dollars, there's a reason for that. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he does the thing that is most valuable on defense, um, and he does it as well as like five guys in the league. I I, I keep seeing this uh, this pushback when I talk about Fangio scheme. I will say this very clearly: I am never in favor of choosing scheme over player, ever. Uh, to me, this is a player league. Blue chip players are more important than anything else. And it's incumbent upon coaches to maximize players within their scheme. Now, you can say there are certain things in your scheme that a player doesn't do well. And so we're going to do this to compensate for it. But there, if, if a player is an elite player, then you can't like trading a, trading a guy because he's not the scheme fit. Then I would say... That's that. Then the problem is your scheme. Well, and I also not the think there's like there's a communication issue here, right? And it's it's interesting. I, I thought what Todd Davis was telling us in Vegas was really mm-hmm. interesting about you know framing it as like sometimes you're gonna have easy downs, sometimes yeah. you're gonna have hard downs. Like if you're Hassan Reddick and the messaging is like, yeah, I'm gonna ask you to drop like four times mm-hmm. a game. Yeah, it's not gonna be a big deal. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be like within the context of what we're doing as a group. It's gonna make sense and you're going to understand the why of it all, I think that's fine. Like, he doesn't have to rush the passer sure. every single play. But if it's like, oh, Matt Patricia's coming in, and he's asking you to drop, and, like, you don't get to, you don't get to go get the sacks you want yep. before uh, getting paid, right? Like, of course, he's going to feel some kind of way about that. Like, managing uh, those relationships is part of the job. And, like, Vic Fangio has done that for a long time. I don't know that that was, that was done well with Hassan Reddick over the, the last year. That's a great point. And speaking of those interviews last week, which you can find on our YouTube channel, there are 30 interviews with more to come from, or, or 30 videos, both on demand and our live shows with, with more to come. We had Adam Hogue from uh, CHGO on, and we were talking about uh, Fangio's scheme. And he said he, he, he needs really good edge rushers. Right for for that scheme, that were like that's why it was so good in Chicago. They traded for Khalil Mack, and it changed that defense, right? Uh, and and that was a trade where they gave up what two first round picks to get Khalil Mack. Now mm. Khalil Mack was like twenty five at the time, but you were talking about your your best edge your best edge rusher. The way you framed it just now is is perfect. The problem isn't. Hassan Reddick dropping. He can he he drops sometimes with Gannon, right? The problem is not maximizing his ability as a pass rusher. So if it's I also think yeah, there's a big difference between he's dropping and you're rushing three defensive tackles instead, yeah. as opposed to he's dropping and like the nickel is exactly. coming instead, and it's it, you're confusing it's the, the offense, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So if if you're saying 
like, well, let's trade Hassan Reddick and let's sign Andrew Van Ginkle because he can drop in Fangio's defense. I'm saying that's ridiculous. Like, trade Hassan Reddick. The only reason well, I— Well, and also, in theory, that is what Nolan Smith should be able to do. If Nolan yeah. Smith is, is, is uh, you know, 70% of Hassan Reddick as a pass rusher but is happily going to play in space, then that's fine. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. The, the, the only justifiable reason for me to, to trade Hassan Reddick is that he wants 25 to $30 million a year, and we can't fit that within our cap structure, and we can get good compensation now. Yeah, I think the justifiable reason is it's, it, it, it's, we have this value on the player, exactly. and we're getting more value exactly. than that's, we have. That's yeah, the like, only— that's it's fine. Like, it, I don't want to hear uh, he's a one-trick pony. I don't want to hear he can't drop in Fangio's scheme. Like, No. It, nothing about the player that he is yeah, to me this deal is too good to pass up i exactly. think that's totally reasonable it's it's that you have to pay hassan reddick next year to be here um, you know 10 to 12 million more than what he makes now and uh if you're able to get premium picks and you have a good backup plan if you think bryce huff can be 75 percent of the player and you can bring in bryce huff and then you can use the second and third round pick to get your you know, linebacker or safety or whatever. Okay, I will listen then. But don't come to me and say, "Yeah, he's he's declining or he's only you know he's a speed rusher." That's all. No, he's a, he's an elite player from my perspective. Well, Zach, speaking of deals that are too good to pass up, let's talk about game time because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. And game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. We're talking flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. Football season is finito. That means you get time to go check out some hoops or some hockey. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, just two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Tickets make great holiday gifts if you're looking for a little Valentine's Day last-minute gift for your sweetie. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. How was, uh, how was watching the game with Reed yesterday, Zach? Did he get to stay up for the whole thing? <laughs> yes. Um, mm. Yeah, a little, yeah, there was a conversation there about that. Much yes. family's dismay? Not, that... No, I'm not saying that. Um, but he did fall asleep. Okay. Uh, and I tried waking him up with two minutes to go. I tried waking him up before the hey, last let's make this the best year ever. I tried, ma- I, I, I tried waking him up before the field goal. And then I tried waking him up in overtime, and then I just carried him up. Uh, but yeah, like a little Lombardi Trophy. But it was it was it was awesome watching with him, and uh, he had some good questions. Uh, he was rooting for the Niners oh. because he's he's like well they're, well they're in the NFC, and he's an Eagles fan. That's his his rationale. Okay. So I'm like, it's kind of old school of him. You yeah, know? I like it's that. Like, yeah. It's like those I people like who that. root for the NL in the All Star game. Yeah. You know? uh, but but that was his that was his rationale. But like yeah, that. it was it was it was cool watching with him. And my daughter uh, was pumped about Taylor Swift. Okay. Uh, she got a lot of FaceTime, and that was, I, I drove my daughter to school this morning. We listened to Taylor Swift on the way. Okay. And I was telling. How about her, Usher? How did Usher go over? Uh, actually, we switched to the Nickelodeon mm. halftime. Okay. Uh, what was, were they doing? I actually was was not watching it. Reed was was watching. At that point, I was catching up on tweets because I I didn't watch with a, with a second screen last night. Typically, I do, mm. but last night was like a very uh, un yeah undistracted. Okay. On the and uh, was I was it a having big party, a big Berman party. A lot of kids, like not a lot, not that many adults, but a lot of kids. Okay. But uh, the was your TV a, l- a little off at the beginning. What do you mean? I mean, I, I don't want to throw any providers off uh, under the bus here, but the pixelation wasn't very good early on. Uh, I had a, we- a weird pixelation thing going on in like the fourth quarter for a little okay, bit. Okay, yeah. I just I, assumed that that was, yeah, latency. Yeah, I upgraded to the 4K for this, and mm. uh, it did <laughs> kind of want my money back for that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was not, did not appreciate that. Okay. What was the spread? Um, Cheesesteaks, pizza, wings. Down the middle. I like it. Yeah, cheesesteak pizza. Where'd you get the cheesesteaks from? 
Uh, Johnny's. Good spot. Good spot? Yeah, really good. Okay. Really good. Nice. What about you? How was your night? Night was good. Had some friends over. Uh, made, a, made a chili that was uh, I was happy with. Ah, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Beef or wings. veggie? or uh, Yeah, beef. There was some, okay. uh, some ground beef, some bison, uh, and uh, made a good, good chili paste okay. from the chilies that, that gave it a little nice little heat. Little, nice. A little umami. Okay. Yeah, it was good. And what'd you serve it with? Uh, bowls. Okay, so it was just... Oh, there was bread. Like, was there cornbread or... No cornbread, okay. just regular bread. Okay. Um, some wings, some okay. other stuff. Yeah, That's a hearty, good. yeah. Got the pizza from Franzone's. Shout out to that. I went different for pizza and cheesesteaks. Okay. Yeah, pizza from Franzone's. Uh, speaking of the game, we got to talk about Goose Wisely, how it all worked out. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And I think for the very first time in Goose Wisely history, both golden eggs hit for the opposite person. Mm. So... I had uh, Rashi Rice TD, didn't go, but you got the Jair Brown interception. How about that? Huge to give you a two-point lead to start off with. I had a 50-yard touchdown, didn't happen. You had the difference in points scored in the game would be lower or greater than the lowest jersey number to score a touchdown. And what a line this was that I created because... (laughs) The combined points of this game, 47 once it went to overtime. Super Bowl 58, obviously, which mm-hmm. is a difference of? 47 and 58? Yes. 11. 11, nice. Now, who scored in this game? Juwan Jennings, 15. Mm-hmm. Nicole Hardman, 12. Okay. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 11. Oh, okay. So it does not hit, but it is exactly on. What a line. What a line. So Vegas s- should hire you. Still 2 nothing. you. You have to move to Vegas, though, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, Travis Kelsey, 100 yards receiving. Close, but didn't happen. Christian McCaffrey, 100 yards rushing. Close, but didn't happen. Now, I had three players, at least, throw a pass in this game. So the Jawan Jennings oh, good one. pass hits for me to make it 2-1. to one. You had three-plus shots of Jason Kelsey during the broadcast. Did not happen. Um... The Juwan Jennings pass. Yes. Like they didn't talk about it on the broadcast. It seemed like very clearly either offensive pass interference or illegal man downfield. Like I don't know oh. what was going on, but their offensive linemen were blocking while the ball was in the air, like four yards down the field. Just putting that out there. Are you are you allowed to at the at I don't that think point? so. Um, I the was saying was it was the air, and then the guy the guy is. Uh, it was it was held as like a great play. I was, it was floating up there. Yeah, I know. Very interceptive. Well, that's why, because yeah. they were blocking the guy yeah. who was going to make the play. Yeah. All right, so it's 2-1. to one. I had uh, Javon Hargrave has at least a half sack. Hits for me. You had Patrick Mahomes rushes for at least 27 yards on one play. He had two rushes of 20 yards, but uh, did not hit, so 2-2. Mm. Uh, two to two. Uh, A kick hits the uprights. What a huge one for me in overtime when the, oh, that the, kickoff, the that, kickoff hits the crossbar. That's a kick. So that's three oh, to two. All right, that's very Nolan Smithish, but okay. First, no, it's not. That's a kick that hit the uprights. I mean, I mean it's very rare that a kickoff would hit the uprights. You think but a field goal obviously or, that counts. Okay. Is that okay. not a kick? That, just like Nolan Smith was a first round pick. No, yes. I mean, let's let's not go down that road just yet. <laughs> you had a prime number wins MVP. Did not happen, uh, Patrick Mahomes. So it's still three to two. Me. Now you did your Golden Goose, probably ill advisedly. On I had quarterback MVP, you had non-quarterback MVP, so I get uh, two points there because I okay. had quarterback MVP, which makes it five. I to wasn't two. playing defense; I was just playing offense. Yes, and then okay. you had uh, the game is tied at the end of any quarter, which hits, and I had a team wins by at least fourteen points, so five to three, the final score. Goose wisely for me, wrapping up a, a congratulations, well earned. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, last thing we need to talk about. Uh, you mentioned earlier we had all the videos from. Uh, yeah, from 30. Credit to Julia. By the way, sorry I wasn't following you on, on Twitter, yeah, Julia. Yeah, me neither. I, you, you tagged her this morning, and I, yeah. and I hit the follow button. I didn't even know that Julia was on Twitter. Just just lurking. <laughs> uh, and you, now you took it upon yourself, Zach, to tweet out 10 videos yes. of the 30, which included, I believe, the most passive-aggressive thing I've ever seen you do. 
Past progressive? What? Yes. The Clay Harbor one? Yes. All right, no, that. Including Clay Harbor, that, <laughs> that interview, in the best 10 interviews. No, it wasn't of the, the best week. 10. It wasn't the best 10. So. There's no. There's, there is. Whatever you're going to. Whatever you're yeah. going to explain away here, yeah. there is no way that that was not done pointedly and passive No, it was, it was not at all done pointedly. And, and, and no, it was not. Honestly. Um, if, if you notice, there's no context in which that deserved to be in the top 10. No, it wasn't. Wow. Jeez. I mean, I got thick skin, but you're really, really pushing it on to me. Um, no. So I wanted stuff that had to do with with the team this year. OK, like the, the Eagles specifically. So I started off with like current Eagles. Okay, yes, and then that I got all made in, sense. Yes. and then I got into McNabb, and then I got into Todd Davis about Vic Fangio, uh, and then Millie Caring about the players on the Eagles, yes. and then Javon Hargrave, like, so that again, I didn't want to do media ones. Okay, uh, no, see, this is okay. yeah, why not wait, media? Wait, wait, and so then I did Billick on. But why did you choose not media? I was I, I was trying to get just like um, I was trying to get players and coaches right now. Todd Davis is is a member of the media, but. Also, so then, anyways, uh, yeah, Clay Harbor because it's about this year's team. But then at the end, I was I even said the Matt Ryan one is not Eagles related, but I included it. So I wanted I I was going to include like uh, the Connor Orr one or the Adam Hogue one. Yeah, but then I didn't I didn't want to pick throwing Kalen and EJ Smith over the yeah and Kalen Kaler and EJ Smith. But I didn't want to pick like one media member over. I appreciated every media member's time. Uh, and then there were other like I I love the Zaire Franklin one. Uh, th- right? That's the one that I felt like you really yeah I you want, really went out of your way to not include that interview no. <laughs> on behalf. No, of No, actually Harbor. Zaire Franklin was like my favorite one that we did. That's why I'm surprised you didn't have it because I wanted to. And there was a there was a loop in with Zaire Franklin yeah, to Jason true, Kelsey and this, this true. year's team. I was trying to find ones that were like specific to to the Eagles. And so that's why I included the Clay Harbor one because he talked about tight end two this offseason. We are at a point now where we're kind of shifting to offseason coverage. It definitely I promise you it was not passive aggressive. A matter of fact, a matter of fact, I was going to include all 30, but then I'm like, man, I'm just gonna get unfollowed like crazy here. If if if, if I've a you know those people, it's 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 like, well you probably don't follow like real estate Twitter or business Twitter. No, I do not follow like real that. estate okay. Twitter. But it'll be like it would be like 28 things that I learned this year and about the market. And I'm like, who's reading? A th- like, it feels I, like right up your alley, actually. No, but I'm just like, at that point, right? Any, any, anytime somebody's imparting lessons they've learned, I feel like you're on the edge of your seat. I agree, but I don't like threads. Mm. Like, like, give me, you know, write a blog post, you know, sign up for Substack or Medium or something like that and link to it there. Uh, so I actually thought the 10 this morning was a little aggressive. But I do think, first off... Um, I'm going to shout out. I saw how hard Joy was working doing all these clips. And uh, it's, it's, it shows, and, and a lot of them were you on, on, on Media Night doing such a good job. But we had so much content, so much volume, yeah. that I was afraid some of it might have gotten lost in, in, the, in, the, in the crack. So, so I, I did want to kind of get a decent number up there. It was at what time was it? Six thirty this morning. I don't have the exact time. I was honestly just going through finding stuff relevant to the Eagles, and then I was like, "Well, I need to include the Matt Ryan one." So that's what it was. It was about Eagles-related things, and I didn't want to put media up there because I didn't want to pick between all these media people that that we're friends with. I appreciate your explanation. Okay. I do not believe you. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm telling you the truth. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. It. it I mean, trust me. It was. I'm. I'm not looking for any for any interview. I also to, think it's very funny for Clay Harbor to say that what the Eagles need is a t- is a tight end too. When he was it would be like two. me saying what like what the Eagles really need is like a different beat reporter. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> well, he's not campaigning for the job. Well, I know, but it's like uh, no. But trust it's very me, I'm funny. Not, like that's the that's the prism through which yeah. he views the team. Like, I'm not looking for any interview where like the commenters point out, look how short Zach is. Okay, but. Uh, I did think it was it was relevant. It was to put an interview. I, Thank you. I, 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 I like Clay Harbor. I'm glad we yeah. got him. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but if you want me to put in the DeAndre Carter one, I will be happy to do so. I didn't think the 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 spirit of the thread, the spirit of the thread. Was I thought about. the spirit of the thread. You would have had Zaire Franklin as number nine there. I would love the, the, the Zaire Franklin. I. I sh- I retweet or, or share the Zaire Frank one independently over the weekend, right? Mm. I was looking for one specific to this year's team. That's why uh, Britton Covey and DeAndre Swift were the top two, then Donovan, then Torrey Smith, 
Uh, Todd Davis talking about Fangio. Yeah, okay. that's, that's what it was. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the post-Super Bowl PHLY Eagles podcast. Tomorrow, big show, Flu World Order mm. coming at you. We will have everybody uh, who is a pending unrestricted or restricted free agent for the Eagles with a couple other players who may be moved. Hassan Rennick will be on that list, and we're going to rank them in our guess as to their likelihood of returning to the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, excited to do that. And let's, let's, let's hope the weather holds off because I love being in studio. And I'll, I'll, mm. I'll push to come in studio no matter what. But we got to see if the kids are home from school. We got to figure that out. But uh, yeah, looking forward to being in studio talking about it. As, as do I. And in the meantime, there is all that good stuff you can catch up on from last week at uh, Radio Row for Julia and Zach and all of our friends on Real Estate Twitter. We thank you for watching and listening. We will talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. Walk, 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 walk. We all silly like the mayor. 